0: Hey, this is Eddie. And this is Miguel. And you're listening to the God Life Culture Podcast.
1: Yes, welcome back to another episode of our podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to um, our podcast. Uh, You know, we have to shout out some of our new listeners. You know, we get Mm -hmm. um, the the stats and all of that. And this um, past week or few days, we've had listeners from Mongolia nice and i don't know if we mentioned this the last time but russia and switzerland okay good. so those are um you know the the new listeners that are have been tuning in and have been listening to our episodes and all of you who uh consistently listened and are tuned in we just want to say thank you make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when we drop a new episode Yep. Yeah. And um, it's a little bit different today because we're not recording where we normally record. Yeah, right. We, um, due to scheduling and <laughs> our crazy lives, right? We, um, we had to record at a different spot at our church right before um, we Your get kid into service. our kids' yeah. service that um, is happening. So it's a lot, but you know, funny enough, this week um, I was listening to a. Uh, sermon series uh by a church they're called vu church in miami florida and they were talking about uh they're on this idea of being restless and they were talking about uh having to practice what you preach mm-hmm. and how one of the biggest things that sometimes christians uh preach a lot but not um, they don't always practice is the idea of rest mm-hmm. but how rest only comes as a result of you being intentional about it and you actually scheduling and prioritizing it. Mm. So they got into this whole discussion on you make time for what's important in Mm -hmm. your life. And um, if you were to look at all of your activities and what you do day to day and what you're involved in, that lets you know what's important to you. So if you know you're you feel like you're at your job all day and that's where all your attention is if that's what you feel like you're constantly thinking of that's what's important to you if church is the last thing on your mind and kind of on the back burner and yeah, kind of the not. afterthought obviously it's not what's important if your family yeah. if you feel you know sometimes that happens where um you know the family seems to be last priority cuz i have to get this done for this person and that done for the other person and it seems like you know they're last on the list but they spoke about the importance of just scheduling things Mm -hmm. and the idea that there's power when you put something on a calendar or put something down that says from this time to this time or on this day I'm going to do this accomplish this and they went into some really practical tools like just creating lists for different things and you know how you actually feel better when you create a list and cross things off and you see Mm -hmm. that you've accomplished certain things Um, and I think that you know we're kind of in that moment now where you know we were discussing when we were going to record and You know, every day there was kind of something happening, but on my end, on your end, uh, life happens or Mm -hmm. kids get sick, people get sick, you know, parent teacher conferences, all types of things. But again, it may be a little uncomfortable, but you schedule things and you make time for what's important. Yeah, this is
0: important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what it does also, it allows you, it's kind of what you were saying, is put things in perspective where you can uh, actually visually see, okay, I've been doing a lot of this, I need to put some more time into this other area of my life. And also, when you get into the habit of working with schedules with people, then it becomes a situation of flexibility. You know, okay, I can't do it here, maybe we'll move that around there. What do you think about this day? What do you think about that day? And it opens that conversation, versus you're trying to schedule something with someone, and they're like, well, I don't know, maybe I'm doing something, I'm not sure. And it's kind of like, okay, I can't That doesn't flow with me like I need to know are you free are you not free is there any way to maneuver or move things around so I think that it is important uh to do that especially in the age of technology you know how many apps are out there how many your, your phone can help you with reminders and all this other stuff so let's take advantage of that as well to use that to be more proactive to be better at you know being professional and prepared I think that's something that's very important um in life in general.
1: And also, something that should be tied to Christianity and Christians. The oh, yeah, idea absolutely. Of being professional. Yes. And I think sometimes we like to separate that, right? Yes. And it's just about the spiritual and Christian, you know, Christianity side of things. And we forget, like, you know, there are practical things you can mm-hmm. do, and professionalism is something that, you know, we should be doing more of. Yes.
0: Um, Another news I was listening on my way here to Barack's new album, Shakina Live. Uh, they recorded it at uh, the Dominican Republic. And, you know, Barack is someone who I think we've mentioned about times before. You know, they've done a lot of collaborations with people that we've spoken about, like Redimidos, Cristina Clario, Evan Kraft. Um, they also uh, recently translated one of their songs, Espiritu Santo, to English um, with... Um, uh, Karen Sims. There you go. Yeah, I always... Forget his name um, and stuff. So if you haven't listened to if you haven't listened to Barack's new album, Shakina, uh, we suggest that you do it. And for English listeners, hey, if you don't listen to Spanish music do it dive into it i'm pretty yeah. sure you will be blessed you know plus they have you know with karen sims uh, evan craft is also on a song with them alfarero um where he uh, the the song is in spanish but he doesn't go into english as well and they also have spontaneous worship moments and all that good stuff to get you you know in the zone uh to pray and all that other stuff or just you know have a moment of rest in Mm -hmm. the lord and just you know listen to uh some good music and just to get into the zone um spiritually as well so check it out shakina live by barack
1: yeah, and Elevation Worship has also dropped uh, new music. They have a new single out called "Never Lost," and um, I think this is a different sound for them. I really like it. I like the music, the, in- the you know the way they kind of arranged everything. Um, Israel Houghton uh, helped produce the song, and I find it interesting that Stephen Furtick, the pastor of Elevation Church, is also the one that writes a lot of these songs mm-hmm. and in listening to uh, a session he was having where he was discussing how he kind of gets into that mindset or that mode you know he almost thinks about his sermons and yeah. he looks at it as if he's writing a sermon in this short amount of time mm-hmm. and i think it's interesting because the lyrics are very different um they actually mention certain bible characters or or places and locations in the bible and um I just think you can tell when it's an everyday person that's writing, you know, from their experience, Mm -hmm. their reflection on God when it's someone that's a teacher that's mm-hmm. writing lyrics on their perspective and reflecting on their life, when it's a preacher that's writing. Um, and I think you can definitely tell in the lyrics that, um, you know, it came from a preacher, someone who's trying to set a scene for you to visually um, see what's going on. So the song is called Never Lost. Definitely um, go check it out. They have a acoustic session that they did too as well on YouTube. Um, I think Elevation Worship has been killing it lately. Next year, they're actually, going to be on a world tour. I believe it is. I may be prophesying a world <laughs> tour, maybe a, reg- you know, a national US tour. Um but they're coming to New York, you know, where we're located. Um so that's something that uh, you know, if you are interested in worship music and haven't checked them out, go check them out and if you're fans, go check out when they will be in your city.
0: Yes. Um we were uh we both bumped uh, across an article um, on a Relevant Magazine. It actually came out on November 12th um, that says, Four Ways the Modern Church Looks Nothing Like the Early Church. And I know you had an issue with the word modern church. Uh, so just for the purpose of the conversation, let's change it to what was it?
1: The church today. The church today. I just think that when we look at the word or when we hear the word modern church, sometimes that word modern, people take it as... Um, you know, not upholding the same biblical principles or standards that was once upheld. Mm -hmm. You know, so I feel not so much with, you know, uh, certain rules that churches have, but more of like things that are biblical. So like today we're allowed to do this, yet years ago, you know, the Bible is very clear on this, that, and the third, or, you know, today, you know, we don't really value prayer as Mm -hmm. much but you know back in my day you know but the modern church doesn't value prayer you know so i think that just that word modern sometimes you know can throw people off before they even read anything or give it a chance
0: yeah i think it's because people um connect modern to liberal Mm -hmm. and i think that that's you know where you know conservative and liberal christian beliefs are on two sides of a different spectrum and when you think of the word modern i think a lot of people think liberal Yeah. Uh, So that's where I, you know, I can understand that. And I, and I do think that, um, there is a distinction. There are churches that are operating now in the modern time that aren't, as liberal in the sense of being off base biblically where they're doing things that aren't biblical uh because it's the cool trendy thing to do in 2019
1: because i feel like we're all modern compared to the early church oh yeah you know so i think it has to do more with what's being taught what's being preached what's being prioritized in a church that um Makes the difference.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that they bring up as uh, being different from the early church is how we view other Christians. You know, they speak about the fact that um, back in the day, um, their mindset was that Christian values and churches were more focused, uh, family oriented. Um, And that now it's not the same. Now it's a little bit different, even um, just standing outside of the nucleus of a family. You know, we see that, especially I think even with this conversation in which we're having uh, the difference between like liberal churches and conservative churches where churches aren't looking the same. You know, a conservative church doesn't necessarily always look like a more liberal church, but there is a um, issue there where maybe a liberal church isn't as welcoming to conservative people and vice versa. Conservative churches aren't as, li- as welcoming to people that are more liberal look a little different. Um, and I do agree with that. I think that there is a uh, sense of welcoming and love that churches, period, should be uh projecting and emanating and being welcoming and being loving and not being judgmental and all that other stuff that needs to carry on throughout and i know that that and and i think that you can do that without compromising your christian values i think you can be loving and you can be caring you can be welcoming without compromising your biblical beliefs
1: what the article mentions is it talks about our modern day Western family values, like this mm-hmm. Western worldview. It's kind of like that. uh, Like we said, non-biblical secular worldview where I think a lot of times the church is easily influenced by, you know, its environment mm-hmm. and the time that they're living in where, in the early church, like they said, you know, family was prioritized. Family was important. You know, love was extended and that was like a big deal. Whereas nowadays, the example they use in this article is grandparents are shuffled off to retirement homes mm-hmm. and siblings are treated as annoying siblings are treated as outcasts. And I think because that is the agenda that's, that's pushed in our society, obviously it infiltrates and gets into the church. So I think this is, you know, that... uh that moment where the church really needs to take a stand and know like, okay, society pushes this agenda. What do we believe? And what do we push? You know, society says, you know, you get to a certain age, you know, you go to a nursing home, you know, forget them. Whereas the church, you know, do we cancel people out because of their mm-hmm. weakness or but because of their, you know, uh, situation and what they're going through. And I think that
0: culturally, my experience is different where I feel that we don't really do that, uh, especially with like our elderly, our elderly. We are like, right, oh, right. you know, you pass a certain age, deuces, you have to go to the Right, which you know, is why I use home. the example
1: of, let's say, if someone has a weakness and it's almost like because, well, oh, they're struggling with this or they're going through that, we tend to ostracize but yes, them. Yes,
0: absolutely. No, right. but I'm going off base of the examples that you gave. So, you know, I think that culturally in Latino churches, we have a respect and a, and a reverence to our older elderly people, you know, where in a lot of our families, if our our grandparents or whoever reach a certain age um, where they're either too old to live on their own or they're going through some illnesses, we usually take them on. You know, they move in with one of the aunts and uncles and we take care of them, where maybe in cultures outside of that, um, that may not be as prevalent. So that's why we have these examples of, you know, people getting sent away. And and I'm not saying that's all for all Latin uh, families. They all always take on the elderly. Uh, But from my experience and from my point of view and perspective that I can speak from, I feel like that's not something that affects everyone. Um, it is in society, but it's not in all cultures in society. But I do agree that there is a sense of, of of rejection when people don't align with what we look at as being right or correct. Or if they're going through a struggle or if they're going through a situation, it's kind of like, oh, no, they are problematic or there are, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to deal with that. So we push them to the side. And that, I think, is absolutely incorrect way to do that you know and they are people that are toxic we have spoken about that They are bridges that do have to get burned or connections that have to that do have to be severed but there are also people that are worth fighting for and there are also relationships that are worth you know putting in the time and effort to try to cultivate and help them and guide them rather than pushing them to the side
1: <laughs> i'm reading the article towards yeah. the end it kind goes with what you were saying um that if it says it's within the context that Jesus and Paul blew open the doors of the home and welcomed in all believers as brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I know you're focusing more on, uh, people within the church. And I, I think the article, um, may have been talking more about family, like the family structure and family unit, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, I guess, its influence on the church. It's saying here, Jesus and Paul blew open their doors, welcomed everybody as brothers and sisters, Mm -hmm. and they created a new focus on the family that extended far beyond one's nuclear relatives or one's own, um, you know, blood. And, you know, agreeing with what you said, that most people, if they're not... um, You know, sometimes we can't connect to them, if we can't relate to them, if we don't have certain things in common, you know, whether it is they're not our family, Mm -hmm. our blood family, you know, we sometimes tend to not reach out. Or sometimes mm-hmm. tend to not uh, take them into consideration or their opinions or just, um, you know, sometimes say hello and greet them, mm-hmm. you know. And again, I think sometimes it's our culture can be responsible. And when I say our culture, I don't mean the Latino culture. I mean, just general you know, our society can be responsible for that, where, you know, they push, you know, the the idea of, you know, you're on the train, you put headphones in, you're not really communicating with anybody. You know, if you don't know someone, you don't approach them. And mm. I think all of those are things that if we treated people like, you know, it says here, the way Jesus just brought kind of everybody in and welcomed them, you know. That would carry over and spill into the church. This idea of someone comes in that's new, you you go and approach them, you mm-hmm. welcome them, you extend, you know, your help, and you know, um, you make conversation with them, try to get to know them. All these things I think um, you know are really important to do today.
0: Yeah. Um, one of the other subjects that they bring up is how the church spends their money. Um, in the article, they that they they comment, look at any church budget and you'll probably find one or two percent of the church funds allocated to benevolence, helping poor people in need. Maybe another five or 10 percent at best is given to needs outside the church that on some level help the poor. And I think that I think that's an important um point that churches should be self-reflecting on Mm -hmm. you know obviously not all churches this you know this shoe will fit for them there are churches that spend a lot of their funds a lot of their money a lot of their time and energy because not only about money it's just about all the because you can donate to causes up the wazoo all you want but are the people in your church are the members and the leaders actually taking time to work with the poor work with the less fortunate or work with whoever you know that's something that churches should be reflecting on uh, because it is important you know a lot of churches um they do mega events or they do these conferences and do all this other stuff and you know they're basically uh, which is good because as church members, we should uh, feel like we're being fed and feel like we're getting things uh, that help us grow spiritually but also look at the fact, we, uh, also try to look at the facts of our, our church is doing things in our community. Are our church is doing things for people that need the help? If it's only, if 99% of the stuff is going just, it's a rotating circle of, it's going in and out of the, it's just going in and out of the, the people of the church, then I think that there is a problem for that. Because yeah. God did not call us to stay in the four walls of any church.
1: Yeah, and I think um, so a lot of times people use the idea of money. You know, yep. as the excuse, I don't have enough money, or, you know, it costs money, or I don't have enough money to give. Um, and yes, everything that's done, whether it's giving food to the homeless, whether it's a coat drive or anything, there's always money involved. Mm -hmm. There's always money either going towards the marketing of that project, towards, you know, buying materials or supplies. You know, there's always money involved, but money should not be the excuse for you not to help. You know what I'm saying? There are other ways, and I think we've spoken about this before, that you give. Giving of your time, giving of your efforts, giving of your energy, you know, all of those things, and I think it's something that um you know we shouldn't put that as an excuse the idea of not having in order to give i think um, but even even if you do
0: have are you using it adequately right you know that's also that's why what the the reason why i like this article is because it allows you to self-reflect to see where you are on the points that they bring up you know there's four topics that we're going to be speaking about we already brought up two maybe one or two of them are something that affect you and maybe not maybe it just helps you be like you know what I'm on the right track. Yes, I am loving and I'm exa- and I'm there and welcoming for other people. Yes, I'm putting in time to not only grow spiritually, but also help the less fortunate and do things to reach out to people in the community. So bravo to you. But if right. you're not doing that, then this is something to bring into your consciousness of how can I? How can I be more welcoming? How can I be more helpful in my community? What are the things that I can do? Maybe you don't have the people to do it in your church at the moment, but you can reach out to other organizations and you can start building these connections and bring back what you learn. If you go out, you know, to a community event and, you know, you learn some stuff and some tools and some facts, bring that back to your church. And have that, you know, spread there and also, you know, build that interest in the members of your church so that it has a positive domino effect of going out and being part of the community as well, financially and also in time and in effort.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, in the early church, obviously, in Paul's letters and the books of the Bible that he wrote, you know, giving was something he always spoke about. And it's something that he put out in the forefront. And unfortunately, today, I feel like many people look at the modern church, you know, um, like the article says where they may look at the modern church as all they want is money and all they ask for is money you know and unfortunately um because maybe certain churches or ministries are driven and more you know Mm. um in that lane where everything's about money and everything's a deal and everything you know involves you know their congregation giving and giving and giving you know for uh and i'm not talking about giving to help the poor i'm talking about you know help me raise money so (laughs) we can you know buy this new car or buy this (laughs) new building or buy this (laughs) jet you know unfortunately leaves a bad taste in people's mouths where those who um you know may uh not go to church or may not be so familiar with with that concept and that idea may think that that's where their money goes to and that Mm -hmm. all churches are the same yeah you know and that's not the case
0: no not the case for everyone another topic they bring up is there's a difference in how the back in the day churches and the today churches study the word of God and the Bible. Um, and you know, they bring up the fact, uh, they bring up the point of, you know, nowadays people don't know simple facts or simple things from the Bible. Like, you know, stop someone random in your congregation and tell them, Hey, tell me the 10 commandments right now. Right. (laughs) And they're like, "Oh, Oh, I don't know or whatever. Um, and you know, it's like simple stuff that are biblical. And important and are part of the pillars of what we believe in. And, you know, do we, I mean, and that's a question that I guess I'll pose to you. Do we feel that our churches now and then aren't putting enough effort and time into studying the word and learning these things?
1: I think, as a whole, I think, again, I'm going to go outside the church real quick because of a lot of. You know, whether it's technology, whether it's, you know, changing people's interests and changing how people receive information, I think people in general are unaware and uneducated on many things. Um, now, that again carries over into the church, where right? I think that there are people, you know, that don't like to read. So, mm. reading a Bible, but you don't like to read. You don't read the newspaper, you're not going to read your Bible, right? You don't like to read. There are people that pose, you know, oh, um, I don't understand what I'm reading. So I read, but I don't understand what I read. And then there's no effort into, okay, let me, you know, study or research or get with someone or, you know, um, you know, connect myself either to a church that has a Sunday school mm-hmm. or a church that has some type of Bible study night, mm-hmm. you know, Um I think it's important, and I think that I I tend to agree with that, where most people, if you ask them simple questions, you know, how many days did God create the world? Mm-hmm. You know, what day did God rest? You know, um, how many, you know, uh, people were thrown in the fiery furnace? You know, how who was thrown in the lion's den? Mm-hmm. You know, this week I found it hilarious because this week I sent someone a meme. Of a dinosaur that was on uh, on water, and he was like, uh, "What's that sport where you're on the water holding onto the boat?" I forgot what it's called. It's like skiing. Uh, yeah, like water, it's not water ski, skiing. Yeah, or, something like that. You know what I'm talking about. And there was a dinosaur, and it said, um, "When you overslept." and um are trying to get to noah or something like that right in reference to noah's (laughs) ark so the dinosaur it's Uh that dinosaur costume that people put on so it just looked funny so i sent it to someone and the person was trying to come up with the story that the it came from because they weren't getting it Mm -hmm. so like when i told them like noah's ark you know the animal this and the other Mm -hmm. mind just said Noah. they were like oh i was thinking something about jonah right so (laughs) something very simple right but you get the water stories mixed up like what was the story where the seas parted right like all of that again it comes to we need to study the bible yeah and i just think it goes with You know, the idea that the Bible is not as important as maybe it once was. Mm -hmm. People aren't taking the time to read it. You know, do I think that maybe churches aren't doing enough? You know, the church can have Bible studies. The church can have Sunday school. But if you yourself are not studying the Bible, Mm -hmm. you won't learn. You know, the 30 minutes that you sit in a Sunday school class or 40 minutes or hour that you sit there and just absorb information is not enough if you don't take that and do some of your own studying and researching yeah
0: and and i do i do agree with the fact that people have to take individual responsibility and being like i'm not doing it That's my fault. That's nobody else's fault, Um, especially with the age of technology. We continue to speak about this. There's so many different their podcasts. There are apps that will read the Bible to you that will have like these breakdowns, these sermons, these conversations. You know, you can Google any church, you know, and look to see if they have any live streams happening. They have preachings and all this other stuff. Um, So the resources are at everyone's fingertips. It's up to you to figure out what works best for you. Yeah. you know because there are people that don't like to read for whatever reason you know they just don't like it they have bad experience with it they feel like they're not good at it or whatever well then there read there are apps and there's other resources yeah. where you can hear the bible
1: then there are those that don't like listening to it they rather read it so and then that you then, can read the bible there are different yes. versions of the bible yeah you know, and the, then, there's a comic book bible they have everything. <laughs> you know there there's a lot out there so
0: there there isn't an, an excuse as to why you don't do it yeah, You know, there there definitely are ways in which you can be fed biblically that maybe aren't as traditional as reading the Bible, but do get, you know, like, especially with the age of technology, um, you know, people don't even walk around with Bibles anymore because right. they have 37 apps downloaded on their tablet or in their phone or whatever. Uh, but there is power, I believe, that there is power when it comes to the actually having, yeah. you know, the Bible and the book. And it's just not A there. physical touch? Yes. That's,
1: again, you know, the idea, too, of the phone that mm-hmm. sometimes gets crazy is just it's open to distractions. Yeah. You're trying to get to the Bible app, but you click your email tab because you're mm-hmm. used to that. Or you you get click the, the, the messaging app, you get a notification, yeah. you click on, it. you know, it's, it's just more distracting. I think that yeah. way. And the same way the early church prioritized the Bible yeah. and you know, that was its foundation and they place importance on that. That's something that even today, the Bible, the word of God still has power mm-hmm. and is still, you know, one of those books that we should be reading and studying.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I mean, personally, I'm the type of person that I, I prefer, whether I'm reading the word or I'm reading anything, I prefer a book, an actual tangible book uh, versus to like reading a PDF or uh, or whatever, EPUB or something like that. Um, But the point is, is that the resources are there. Um, and I also, you know, I'll flip it back onto the church as well, where if you feel that your, your congregation or your youth or your men, your women, whoever, are not uh, diving into the word as they should, bring these resources to them. You know, there are people that are just, they, they don't know. And we feel like that you should know but they don't know so let's help them know so that they can make better choices let's try to set up our people our churches our youth um to make better choices now whether or not they make those choices that's on them but if we can help them and push them into the right area or into the right direction i think that that's the best we can do um the last thing that they bring up uh which i think that um It really depends on the culture of the church, Uh, but their uh, point was how we think about power. Hmm. Um, And they're speaking uh, specifically about militarism and how uh, churches in the United States are, um, like where their role is. Like one of the things that they say is another modern value that was unknown to the early church is militarism. Militarism refers to the belief or desire that a country should maintain, excuse me, maintain a strong military, uh, capability and be prepared to use it aggressively to defend or promote national interest. Um, and I, ref- I, I in turn, thought of it in the sense of um, where a lot of these churches, maybe in the Bible belt, a lot of the evangelicals um, that um, these politicians gear towards and try to get their votes think makes me think of it in a political standpoint, you know, where culturally in our churches we don't really see that like yes we have people in our churches that have served in the military and the armed forces and all that other stuff uh, but there isn't this big like hoopla about you have to join the army or you have to join the navy or you right. have to do this or you have to do that and
1: but i even you know. think little things like even veterans day that yes. was not too long ago yeah um do our churches promote that or honor veterans or maybe there are no veterans in your church, but do you do something where it says, you know, if you see a veteran, thank them or, you know, uh, make sure you, you know, uh, pray for our veterans and pray for all those who are struggling with PTSD because of the, that they have served. So I think even in those ways, if, you know, culturally, maybe in your church or congregation, you know, people in the service is not really popular within your community. There are still people out there that, you know, did, You know pay a price and did you know um many things you know for our country and we should be acknowledging them you know even within our church
0: yeah and i think that it's very important where just because it's something that's not actively represented in your church does not mean that it's something you ignore or something you don't put time and energy. And if you go if you happen to be in a church where none of the members, you know, because a lot of um, of these churches and our communities aren't like big mega churches, uh, so maybe you have 150 people in your church, none of them served in the military, that does not mean that then you don't do anything for people that did right. serve in the military or like when Veterans Day and stuff like that uh, does come around. Um, but, you know, I think the in the article, they're speaking more about the fact that, you know, we'd be a lot of these churches are taking the stance of we have to be more involved in our military and be more political and all that other stuff. Um, where our church, there are churches that really don't do that. But I do think that there is an importance in being. Um, knowledgeable in what's happening politically or what's happening in the army and all that other stuff. And just being aware of what's moving, you know, because you don't, you know, it's like, you know, God forbid they start doing a draft again. And you had no idea that this was anything that was even on the horizon. You just get a letter one day that says, Hey, by the way, you've been drafted to the army. It's like, wait, what this happened? What does, when did this happen? It's like, yeah, it's been going on and you had no idea about it. Uh, But also politically, you know, we speak about, um, uh, the the racial tensions that have been going on, and culture, and all that other stuff, and we think that it is important that our churches be aware of what's happening in our communities, at the White House, you know, in politics, and all that other stuff, because it is important to know whether or not you want to push the agenda of everyone should join the army and everybody should do this or do that is your prerogative, but you should at least be aware of what's happening so that you can find where your church fits. In being
1: um, uh, uh, um, of help mm. in these situations. And I think, you know, the point or the purpose of what we're trying to get to is just the idea that, you know, the early church had a lot of things that they prioritized, and maybe the churches today or the modern church looks different, right? Does, you know, different things. Um, they may be more innovative now, and there's technology and different things. Um, there are principles and things that should not change. God does not change. You know, he should be priority. Whatever we're doing should be ultimately to, you know, spread his name, you know, bring him glory, um, you know. And sometimes it takes these things, you know, to listen to these things that we don't really do all the time to, you know, realize that. Whether it is, you know, studying the Bible more, whether it is, you know, um, honoring, you know, our veterans or, Mm. or, you know, the way we view power. And the way we spend time with people, how we view people, you know, these are all good reflection points for us to sit back and think and just, um, you know, do this kind of self analysis of, you know, is God still a priority is, you know, the Bible and biblical principles still something that, you know, um, is taking precedence over my life, or have I allowed kind of a new wave you know Mm -hmm. of doing things have i allowed my society or my community or my surrounding to dictate now how i view church or Mm -hmm. how i operate in the church or how i take in information you know so this is something that you know we speak about so you can all think
0: yeah no and i think it's if anything you know walk away from today's episode with the idea of how can i share god in other ways that is not just being preachy. You know, how can I share God in my community? How can I share God in things that I'm involved with? And how can I learn more and be more adequate and more prepared to share God? Because if you're not reading your word and you have no idea what the Bible says and they come at you with a question or something and you don't know how to answer it, you may lose that person and you don't want to do that. So we want to thank you all for tuning into today's episode. As always, you can reach us on our social media platforms.
1: Yes, follow us on Instagram at God Life culture podcast you can send us an email at godlifeculture at gmail.com um again subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified whenever we release a new episode so thank you again for tuning in
0: yeah thank you for tuning into god life culture podcast that's god God life Life Culture. culture
1: until next time see ya bye